Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Good Tuesday morning, and it's a messy one out there. A couple big storms, actually, and we're keeping an eye on both of them. Good morning. It's February 28th, and this is today. Winter wake up. Millions facing a slippery commute. Snow, ice, and rain from that cross-country storm reaching the northeast overnight. And Al's already tracking the next coast-to-coast system expected to unleash severe weather. His full forecast straight ahead. Forgiven? The heated debate over student loans front and center at the Supreme Court today. The question, can the White House cancel the debt of tens of millions of Americans inside the high-stakes legal battle? Hacked, the U.S. Marshals Service suffering a major security breach. Key information about law enforcement investigations compromised. Who was behind it and how far does it go just ahead? Breaking overnight, new Russian airstrikes in Ukraine and what could be the next flashpoint in the conflict. This morning, NBC News with rare access on the ground in Crimea. New twist, the defense rests at the Alec Murdoch trial after offering a new theory in the murders of his wife and son. My opinion is the totality of the evidence is more suggestive of a two-shooter scenario. Will jurors visit the crime scene today ahead of closing arguments? Craig's live at the courthouse. Those stories plus friends for life. We love you for 30 years. 30 years. It's a good thing. Jennifer Aniston and Lisa Kudrow paying tribute to co-star Courtney Cox as she receives a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. How they were there for her, rain or shine, today, Tuesday, February 28th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Today. Nice to have you with us on a Tuesday morning. Chanel and for Hoda again. Morning. You, I almost didn't recognize it this morning. Snow on the ground. So, you know what? A lot of folks on the East Coast were asking for it, so now they have it. Yeah. A messy today. Yeah, it's a real rarity, but this winter weather and this snow we're experiencing here in the New York area, well, that's what the Northeast has been experiencing as well. In fact, here's a live look farther north up in Syracuse. Across the region, the slippery conditions are leading to school and flight cancellations and delays. In all, more than 50 million Americans under winter alerts this morning. Some areas out west are back under blizzard warnings. In a moment, we're going to get to Al's full forecast, but let's get it started with NBC's Kristen Dahlgren braving the elements. She's in Windsor, Connecticut this morning. Hi, Kristen. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Savannah. Yes, still coming down here as it has been all night. Take a look over here. You can see a few inches of snow on the ground. The first significant snowfall of this season here from this storm that has made its mark across the country. Overnight, a massive storm making its way to the northeast, dumping snow and ice on the region. I'm excited. I've waited. We haven't really had a winter. It's part of a fast-moving system that has already impacted at least 35 states from coast to coast. New York City, which had seen less than half an inch of snow all winter, receiving its first significant snowfall of the season. The usually crowded Brooklyn Bridge, empty covered in snow. The state's governor urging residents to stay safe, especially when traveling. 
And we're expecting up to a foot of snow in parts of our state. In Connecticut, a couple of curious canines enjoying the powder as motorists navigated slick commutes on roads that just hours earlier were treated by hundreds of trucks. Stay safe, stay home, let them do their job. Power line just fell right in front of me. In Michigan, a growing number of people are getting their lights back on. The state dealing with more freezing weather that initially knocked out power to hundreds of thousands. In Illinois, terrifying tornado sirens blaring. The National Weather Service confirming two tornadoes there. While in Ohio, a possible twister causing serious damage. Right now it's a total mess. Tearing through homes and ripping apart trees. Meanwhile, a different storm system impacting hard-hit California, dropping snow in an area not used to it and shutting down multiple freeways. Millions of Americans from coast to coast waking up to a blast of winter weather. And the number of flight delays and cancellations has now grown into the hundreds here. We have seen a lot of plows and power trucks out trying to get things back to normal by later today. But the snow is expected to continue. So people being urged to use a lot of caution out here on the road. Savannah. All right, Kristen, sure is pretty. Thank you. All right, let's bring in Al for the latest on this storm and what's to come. Al, good morning. Yeah, we got a lot going on all across the country. Of course, 55 million people under winter weather. Weather advisories, winter storm warnings out west in the Sierra. We've got blizzard warnings in effect. We'll start here in the northeast where we still have winter storm warnings as this system pushes off. It's bringing snow. The coastal northeast could see another one to three inches. Inland northeast, some areas, especially up into New England, another six to eight inches of snow. The storm right now bringing more heavy rain to parts of California, especially down to the south to the east of San Diego on into Oceanside. Snowfall amounts two to four more feet possible in the Sierra Nevada. Now, here comes this double barrel low pressure system. Local flooding, gusty winds along the coast out west, low elevation snow, blizzard conditions as well as you get into the southwest. Thursday, storms develop over Texas. We've got a wide area of an enhanced risk of storms. We have a very strong case, four strong tornadoes breaking out from Little Rock, Jackson on to Dallas. We're going to be watching that. And then to the north of this system, we're going to see snow developing, icy mix from Chicago, Detroit, Buffalo into the north. Northeast, heavy snow around the Great Lakes. Here's what we're looking at from Friday into Saturday. Heavy snow in interior parts of New York and New England. Icing conditions throughout Pennsylvania. Heavy rain to the south and moderate snow around the Great Lakes. Too early to give you actual amounts, but we are going to be monitoring this and, of course, bring you up to date on all NBC News platforms during the day. Guys. All right, Al, thank you. Lots to watch. And tens of millions of Americans will be watching the Supreme Court closely today as well. Justices hearing arguments over President Biden's student debt relief plan. It was launched in October. It would forgive up to $20,000 in student loans for most borrowers and an estimated cost of $400 billion. Well, that move was immediately challenged in federal court by six states and two individuals. NBC's senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett, joins us from the Supreme Court. Laura, good morning. What's at stake here? I mean, could the court actually decide whether or not this student loan forgiveness program is, is uh, legal in, a, in essence? 
Hey, good, good morning, Savannah. The White House says this debt relief program is needed to help those who really need it the most, who are financially struggling after the pandemic. And the administration specifically points to a federal law that allows the Secretary of Education to make changes to the debt program in times of national emergency. The natural, the natural emergency being here, of course, COVID-19. Now, as you mentioned, the case was hit with legal challenges from the very beginning. It was blocked in the lower federal courts. That's why it's here at the high court today. The two challengers here, debt borrowers uh, who say that they should have been entitled to relief but didn't get it, and also Republican-led states who say the president was acting without congressional authorization here. They accused the president of essentially using COVID as a pretext to fulfill a campaign promise that he knows he couldn't get done through legislation, Savannah. Well, so millions are in a holding pattern. They've gotten those student loan forgiveness plans approved, but it's in legal limbo. So how does this play out potentially for them? Yeah, some 26 million people actually applied for relief under the program. As you mentioned, those people essentially in a holding pattern. As the case plays out here, most student loans still on pause because of that pandemic era relief. That's not a part of that lawsuit. It dates back to the Trump administration. It was extended many times. If the high court agrees with the Biden administration here and says that these challengers don't even have the legal right to sue, then the plan can go forward. But if the high court agrees with the challengers and says the Biden administration was acting unlawfully here, it's going to have to go back to the drawing board, Savannah. A lot of folks will be watching this one closely. Laura, thank you. Turning now to the war in Ukraine and an area that's vital to the conflict for both sides, yet one we have rarely seen. NBC's chief international correspondent, Keir Simmons, joins us now from Crimea. Keir, good morning. Chanel, good morning to you. We traveled to Crimea across the bridge there. That is the bridge that was partially blown up last year, an act that President Putin called terrorism, underscoring how important this place is to President Putin and how much of a target for the Ukrainians. But so far, we've been able to move freely without being questioned. This morning, President Putin's warplanes targeting the besieged town of Bakhmut. Russia is destroying Ukraine's defenses there, President Zelensky said overnight. Again, calling for Western combat aircraft. His ultimate objective is taking back Crimea. In October, an explosion rocked President Putin's prized bridge to the peninsula. Putin blamed Ukraine's special services. Kyiv never admitted responsibility. We crossed into Crimea by train, across what the United Nations calls Ukraine's internationally recognized border. This is where that explosion hit this bridge last October at around this time in the morning. The bridge was fully reopened just last week. Inside, the territory is teeming with Russian soldiers. And if Ukraine plans to take it back with force, many civilians will be caught in the middle. 2.4 million people live here. In Sevastopol, Large numbers support Russia. Is Crimea Russian or Ukrainian? Russian, Crimea is Russian. Of course Russian. Forever, this 73-year-old Braskovia Baranova tells me. There's a sign for a bomb shelter over there. So what, she says. Are you frightened? No, she says. If it's needed, we'll just go to a bomb shelter. If we don't defend our motherland, we will become slaves, Ruslan Nalgiev says. The streets are lined with propaganda. The West doesn't need Russia. We need Russia, this poster reads. But the UN has accused Russia of many human rights abuses in Crimea. Olga, who is afraid to give us her last name, tells us all mothers, both Russian and Ukrainian, weep for their children. 
I can't speak about it without tears, she says. And General Mark Milley has said it will be very difficult to eject Russian forces from every inch of Ukraine. Now, that bridge is part of the reason why the only other way to get here is an exposed land bridge in that direction. President Zelensky has said the war started here and it will end here. But no one we've spoken to here knows how it will end or with how much more bloodshed, Chanel. A tough situation. Kier, thank you. We have a lot more to get to, including a major cyber attack targeting the U.S. Marshals Service. NBC News has learned that earlier this month, Hackers took aim at the Marshall's computer system, compromising sensitive law enforcement information. NBC's justice and intelligence correspondent Ken Delaney joins us with the details. Ken, what happened here? Good morning, Savannah. NBC News learned that about a week ago, the U.S. Marshal Service was hit by a ransomware attack against a computer database containing sensitive law enforcement information and that some data was stolen. So after we called them, the marshals issued a statement acknowledging what they called a major security incident and saying the damage had been contained to what they called a standalone system that they disconnected from the network. That's what we know. But obviously, there's a lot we don't know in this ongoing investigation. The marshals haven't said, for example, whether a ransom was demanded or paid. They haven't said how the ransomware got on their system or whether the attacker was threatening to release any data. But the bottom line, Savannah, is that the fact that a major federal law enforcement agency was hit by ransomware is a pretty alarming security breach. And what are we learning about the information that was taken? Well, the main job of the marshals is to hunt down fugitives. And a senior law enforcement official told me that the stolen data included details about case files about fugitives. And the official said the marshals found a workaround that allowed them to continue doing their jobs. And he said there wasn't a big risk if the material became public. But look, if wanted fugitives are able to see what the marshals do and don't know about them, that clearly could make it easier for them to avoid capture, which is a big problem. Again, we don't know who did this or whether they intend to make any of this data public. If there's any good news here, Savannah, it's that the official told me that the witness protection program, which the marshals also run, was not part of this security breach. And we have no indication that the marshals' mission of protecting thousands of federal judges was in any way compromised. But obviously, we need to keep reporting this story. Yeah, it's concerning. them them calling it a major security breach. Ken, thank you very much. Turning now to politics and the already heated Republican presidential race. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has yet to officially throw his hat into the ring for 2024. But he's starting to look every bit the candidate out with a new book today, highlighting his record in office and reaching out to donors behind closed doors. NBC's senior Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson has more on that. Hallie, Good morning. Hey, Chanel, good morning to you. Listen, that new national book tour kicking off now is just one of a series of moves in a kind of shadow campaign from Governor Ron DeSantis that is moving more and more into the spotlight. Because even though he may not be an official presidential candidate yet, it seems like that is only a matter of time. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis making the case he knows how to fight for conservative causes. People recognize that Florida's actually done it right. We've been willing to fight these fights when uh, it's not easy. The Republican governor widely expected to run for president. There's no official campaign yet, but there is a new campaign style video. And the apparent support of former presidential candidate and former Florida governor Jeb Bush. And DeSantis also has a new book out today, framing himself as a warrior against so-called woke culture. 
We're going to do some stuff on the book, tell the story of Florida, and then deliver a lot of victories. And then once the dust settles, we can see where things lay. DeSantis avoiding directly confronting Donald Trump, even as he emerges as the leading alternative to the former president in a 2024 race. A new poll shows Mr. Trump with a double digit lead over DeSantis and both of them well ahead of the rest of the potential GOP pack. Former President Trump mocking his possible rival. Ron DeSanctimonious. But DeSantis hasn't really hit back. Instead, laying out what he describes as Florida's blueprint for conservatives in the rest of the country, pointing to his own record on issues from COVID to education. DeSantis apparently still months away from a formal announcement, with multiple sources telling NBC News that any campaign launch, if he decides to run, would probably come in June. Advisors insist the governor's attention is focused on what's happening at home, like the bill he signed Monday that strips Disney of its longtime self-governing status in Florida after the company came out against the state's so-called don't say gay law, which limits how gender and sexual identity can be discussed in some classrooms. In his book, DeSantis writes he warned Disney's then CEO about the company's political activities, saying, do not get involved with this legislation. DeSantis will not be appearing at CPAC this week. That's that high-profile conservative gathering, according to a person familiar with his plans. And neither will Mike Pence, another potential candidate for another source. But Donald Trump will be there. So will Nikki Haley, both of whom are officially in the 2024 matchup. Chanel? All right, Hallie, thank you. Newly released video captures the heart-stopping moments when a New Jersey home exploded with six firefighters still inside. That explosion is so powerful, it lifted the home off its foundation. This happened last month. Thankfully, all six firefighters who were inside the home survived. Two of them were hospitalized with burns, but later released. No word on the cause of that explosion. My goodness. All right. Let's turn back to the weather and the rest of Al's forecast. Mr. Roker. Well, guys, we're looking at record highs down through Florida. Plenty of sunshine, sunny and warm back through Texas, although that will be changing as that system out west starts to make its way east. We're looking at sunshine around the Great Lakes as well and that heavy snow in the Sierra. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Al. Thank you. Coming up, Craig has made his way to South Carolina on a pivotal day at the Alec Murdoch Trail. Good morning. Hey, Savannah, pivotal day indeed. The defense has now rested its case, but not before presenting a new theory about what happened the night Maggie and Paul Murdoch was shot, plus a surprising decision by the judge in the case. We'll have that coming up from Walterboro in just a few moments, guys. Plus, could it be the beginning of the end for TikTok here in the U.S.? What you need to know about the countdown to a new ban set to impact millions of government workers and what it means for your account. But first, this is Today on NBC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed we're very honored to be here today to speak on your behalf as your co-workers your friends and your your family your sisters um, yeah, and that's happened. It's, we've known you for a very long time. Yeah, no, that's it's been that way for since we met thirty, almost thirty years ago. No, not thirty years. That's a typo. No, it's not. <laughs> Are you sure? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the chemistry is still there. Yep. Back at 730 with a mini Friends reunion as Courtney Cox received her official star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Cox calling that experience surreal. That's got to be a great moment. It does. You know, it put it in perspective for me. I just saw the numbers. This is the 2,750th star overall, and it's just as special for I her. I question about it. how far does that streak go? I know. Go? Isn't that a good question? Because it's <laughs> not going to end anytime soon. Uh-uh. So there you go. Well, we should mention Savannah had to leave a little early this morning, but we'll start this half hour with key developments at the trial of disgraced South Carolina attorney Alec Murdoch. After calling 14 witnesses, including Murdoch himself, the defense rested its case yesterday. The judge also granting an unusual motion involving the jury. Craig has made his way to the courthouse for us. Craig, good morning to you. Chanel, good morning to you as well. Closing arguments uh, set to start here over the next couple of days. Uh, But before that, that unusual request that you mentioned that was granted by the judge in this case, a field trip. Judge Newman is going to allow the jurors and alternates in this case to travel roughly nine miles away to that sprawling property where the double murders took place. The defense arguing that will give jurors a better understanding of of the property and bring their timeline to life. Meanwhile, the defense yesterday spent a fair amount of time introducing a new theory that it wasn't one, but two shooters responsible for the gruesome murders. With closing arguments looming, Alec Murdoch's defense presenting a surprising new theory in the double murder trial. My opinion is the totality of the evidence is more suggestive of a two-shooter scenario. Crime scene expert Timothy Palmbach arguing Paul Murdoch was shot at such close range, a lone shooter would not have been able to quickly recover to gun down his mother Maggie. It's not as if they can instantaneously suffer that, drop the shotgun, run to wherever they are, uh, uh, the blackout rifle is pick that up and then and then in, in any kind of a, a reasonable time period engage in uh, a meaningful assault. Also highlighting the fact Paul and Maggie were shot with two different guns. Why would one shooter bring two long rifles, two long weapons to the event? You can't handle and shoot two of them. The defense strategy trying to sow doubt that Alec Murdoch Pull the triggers. I didn't shoot my wife or my son anytime. Back in January, I talked about the case with 
Joe McCullough, a close friend of Murdoch and attorney on another case involving him. And to be clear, the defense can say someone else did it, but they don't have to say who did it. They do not. All, all the defense has to do is raise a reasonable doubt and pick off one juror. Takes a unanimous verdict. And I think unanimity of a verdict here is going to be hard. In the courtroom Monday, the defense calling its final witness, Murdoch's younger brother. It's the hardest thing I've ever been through in my life. John Marvin, emotional, describing finding some of his nephew's remains at the crime scene. And I started cleaning. And I can promise you, no mother or father or aunt or uncle should ever have to see and do what I did that day. The judge also ruling jurors can go visit the scene of the crime, that 1,700-acre Murdoch estate known as Moselle, after the defense argued it was critical for the jury to understand how the murders played out. Where the feed room is compared to where Maggie's body was, compared to where the quail pens are, where the doghouse is. I mean, you just can't really appreciate the spatial issues um, without actually seeing them. All right, so back here live in Walterboro, South Carolina. And again, I'm going to step aside so you can just sort of see uh, the few dozen folks who gather this time roughly every morning. Uh, they line up for one of those coveted spectator seats inside uh, the courtroom. The courtroom has been packed every day uh, this morning. In terms of what we can expect, four or five rebuttal witnesses from the prosecution. After that, uh, that field trip uh, by the jury to the property. And then after that, jury instructions excuse me, after that, closing arguments, then jury instructions. And there is uh, a decent chance that the jury could get this case by the end of the week, Chanel. All right. Thank you, Craig. Joining us with more perspective on these latest developments is NBC News legal analyst Danny Savalos. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. Let's start with that field trip, as Craig just mentioned. What will the jury get out of physically going to the crime scene there, and how does it help the defense? According to the defense, hopefully for them, the jury will see the distances involved, and maybe that will help them flesh out their theory that it's unlikely that Murdoch was the shooter because there may have been two other shooters or whatever the case may be. Uh, frankly, it may just be a ploy to get some kind of reasonable doubt. Maybe a juror will think, boy, these distances are a lot further than I thought they were originally. Uh, not entirely sure, but I can tell you this. Okay. Jury views happen almost never. I've asked for them before and I've gotten them 0.0 times. Uh, the last one I even heard of was the OJ trial. Hmm. The reason is judges hate them. They're an administrative nightmare. They're a liability. And with these jurors, you have to keep them confidential. How how are you going to do that? You're going to black out the windows? It's going to be very difficult to run this jury view the way the judge wants to, which is why they're almost never granted. It's so interesting. And then on that note, how will the jury react to the new testimony from the defense experts saying that they do believe they were there were two shooters? Yeah. Look for the prosecution to take the other side of that coin and say, this is a smart lawyer to throw off investigators. He brought two guns. Mm. Uh, he used two firearms. And there's no real evidence that one shooting happened more than maybe a minute or two. That's enough time in between to grab another 
another firearm. But it's something one or two jurors might seize on in favor of the defense. All right. We'll just have to see what happens. Danny, thank you. All right. Coming up, Rupert Murdoch talking election lies. New revelations from a high profile case against Fox News that could have major implications for the next presidential race. But first, Jake Ward is looking at the uncertain future of TikTok for all users in the U.S., with federal workers now given 30 days to wipe the app off their devices. That's right after this. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better, too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. 741, we're back with In-Depth Today as Willie joins us in for Savannah, who had to leave a little early. This morning, the intense spotlight on TikTok. It is the world's most downloaded app on the phones and tablets of more than 100 million Americans. But that is about to change for a certain group of users. NBC's technology correspondent Jake Ward is here with the latest push to crack down on the Chinese-built platform. Jake, good morning. Good morning, you guys. Federal agencies are now sorting through how to enforce a ban on TikTok on government work devices. And some politicians are pushing for an even broader ban over what they say are cybersecurity concerns. The clock has started ticking for TikTok and 4 million federal workers. The White House announcing Monday that government agencies have 30 days to delete TikTok from their devices and systems. The move comes after the Chinese-owned app was banned by Congress on federal devices in December. It's all part of a growing backlash tied to national security concerns. Some experts worry ByteDance, TikTok's parent company, could give the Chinese government access to sensitive user data or manipulate what users in the U.S. see. 41 states already have some sort of ban on state-owned devices and networks in effect or under consideration. As a result, students in places like Mississippi, Arkansas, and Texas have not been able to access TikTok on school networks for weeks. I'm 18. We're all 18. Like, let me share my information with China if I want to. Like, I literally could care less. Kate Bieberdorf teaches chemistry at the University of Texas at Austin. My students share my frustrations. They don't like being told what they can and cannot do. But for Kate, the chemist on TikTok, it's personal. I think if there is a federal ban or anything, we will all just shift to another platform that allows us to be creative. A TikTok executive addressed concerns in a Capitol Hill hearing last year. We've also said under no circumstances would we give that data to China. Yet the app remains one of the world's most popular pastimes, with more than twice as many downloads over the last decade as its closest rival, YouTube. A nationwide ban for all Americans under consideration by a handful of senators seems unlikely, but it has some influencers worried. The prospect has caused some outside Washington to wonder whether TikTok really does have too much of our attention. So this may actually be a really good time to reconsider your relationship with this app. 
In a statement, TikTok called the ban political theater and says it hopes Congress can find solutions that don't censor millions of Americans. Meanwhile, China also responded to the ban overnight, saying in part the U.S. government should effectively respect the principles of market economy and fair competition. Jack, put this in perspective for us. What's the harm here? I mean, what kind of information um, is TikTok collecting from users? Well, all of us, you know, have had the experience, I think, who've used TikTok of being in that uh, power group where they have to tell you to go to bed because you've been looking at it so long. But, you know, the cybersecurity concerns here have to do with how much information is collected. It's like any other social media app. It's going to try and grab your name, your phone number, your email, but it also gets your IP address. It probably gets your physical location and it gets a bunch of biometrics. It gets your face. It gets your voice. You know, it is definitely at the cutting edge of what can be collected by an app these days. As you said in the piece, there are a lot of people who want a full ban of TikTok, including some prominent members of Congress. Is there any precedent for that? Can that be done? I mean, aside from the prohibition of alcohol, we have not Mm. seen that, right? Mm. We schedule a number of harmful drugs. But I mean, you guys, you have to consider, right? 450,000 Americans die of cigarette smoke every year, and we still sell cigarettes in this country. We are not a country that bans this kind of thing, so it's very unlikely. That said, this is a Chinese-owned company, and that seems to have created a lot of political momentum around this issue. To be continued on that one. Still buzzing. Jake, thank you. Thanks, Jake. Let's send it over to Al for a look at the weather. Hey, Al. Hey, guys. So we've got snow here in the Northeast, record highs down through Florida and the Gulf, sunny and warm from Texas. We're looking at sunshine and seasonal temperatures around the Great Lakes and more heavy snow in the Sierra and some heavier rain, I should say some moderate rain, as you get into Southern California. And that is your latest weather. Guys, right, thanks, thank Al. you, Al. Coming up, a popular option for families looking to get away for spring break. Home share rentals from safety to cost, what you need to consider before your next vacation. Plus, you are guaranteed to smile when you see the birthday surprise we are highlighting on your morning boost right after this. We are back with your morning boost as we welcome in our buddy Carson. Carson! Morning to you. We have a good one for you. You ready? Yeah. All right. A woman named Annie was turning 30, so her friends surprised her with a big birthday weekend. And at some point, they made Annie put on a T-shirt that had an old school picture of her on it. And here's what happened next. All 15 of Annie's friends dressed up (laughs) to look like her in that childhood photo. They nailed it. Same hair, same shirt, timeless fashion. It is. (laughs) And the good news, no one got a bigger kick out of it than Annie herself. That's a fun group of friends. Which one's Annie? That's not easy to do either. It's like the real Slim Shady. Right. Who's the real one? Reference there, Carson. Yeah, Yeah, of course. I was there for that. All right, guys, coming up on Popstar, we've got your most detailed look yet at the highly anticipated return of Ted Lasso. All right. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.